Welcome to the May 6th, 2022 podcast of Wisdom Today. Hello, my name is Bill Kelly and I'll be your host today. Today we will be reading Proverbs 6. But before we begin, let's open in prayer. Father God, I thank you for anyone listening to this podcast today. Lord, I pray that you would bless them. Lord, give them ears to hear and a heart to receive what you have in store for them today. Lord, I pray that you would give them new revelation of how much you truly love them. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's begin Proverbs 6, verse 1. My son, if you become surety for your friend, if you have shaken hands in pledge for a stranger, you are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. So do this, my son, and deliver yourself, for you have come into the hand of your friend. Go and humble yourself. Plead with your friend. Give no sleep to your eyelids. Deliver yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter and like a bird from the hand of the fowler. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise, which, having no captain, overseer, or ruler, provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. How long will you slumber, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall your poverty come on you like a prowler, and your need like an armed man. A worthless person, a wicked man, walks with a perverse mouth. He winks with his eyes, he shuffles his feet, he points with his fingers. Perversity is in his heart. He devises evil continually. He sows discord. Therefore, his calamity shall come suddenly. Suddenly, he shall be broken without remedy. These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among brethren. My son, keep your father's command, and do not forsake the law of your mother. Bind them continually upon your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you roam, they will lead you. When you sleep, they will keep you. And when you awake, they will speak with you. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law a light. Reproofs of instruction are the way of life. To keep you from the evil woman, from the flattering tongue of a seductress. Do not lust after her beauty in your heart, nor let her allure you with her eyelids. For by means of a harlot, a man is reduced to a crust of bread, and an adulteress will prey upon his precious life. Can a man take fire to his bosom 
and his clothes not be burned? Can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be seared? So is he who goes in to his neighbor's wife. Whoever touches her shall not be innocent. People do not despise a thief. If he steals to satisfy himself when he is starving, yet when he is found, he must restore sevenfold. He may have to give up all the substance of his house. Whoever commits adultery with a woman lacks understanding. He who does so destroys his own soul. Wounds and dishonor he will get, and his reproach will not be wiped away. For jealousy is a husband's fury. Therefore, he will not spare in the day of vengeance. He will accept no recompense, nor will he be appeased, though you give many gifts. Today, we are going to zero in on verse 32. Whoever commits adultery with a woman lacks understanding. Needless to say, this is very prevalent in our society today. I'd like to say that's not so, but it is. We have come into a society where people think that promiscuity and adultery are perfectly normal in the society. We are going to take a very good picture of how this can destroy your lives. The best example I can think of in the Bible is in 2 Samuel chapter 11. Many of you know this story. It's the story of King David and Bathsheba. And we are going to begin chapter 11, verse 1. It happened in the spring of the year, at the time when kings go out to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David remained at Jerusalem. Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful to behold. So David sent and inquired about the woman, and someone said, Is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Then David sent messengers and took her, and she came to him, and he lay with her, for she was cleansed from her impurity, and she returned to her house. And the woman conceived, so she sent and told David and said, I am with child. Then David sent to Joab, saying, Send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. When Uriah had come to him, David asked how Joab was doing, and how the people were doing, and how the war prospered. And David said to Uriah, Go down to your house and wash your feet. So Uriah departed from the king's house, and a gift of food from the king followed him. 
But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of his lord, and did not go down to his house. So when they told David, saying, Uriah did not go down to his house, David said to Uriah, Did you not come from a journey? Why did you not go down to your house? And Uriah said to David, The ark and Israel and Judah are dwelling in tents, and my lord Joab and the servants of my lord are encamped in the open fields. Shall I then go to my house to eat and drink and to lie with my wife? As you live and as your soul lives, I will not do this thing. Then David said to Uriah, Wait here today also, and tomorrow I will let you depart. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that day and the next. Now when David called him, he ate and drank before him, and he made him drunk. And at evening he went out to lie on his bed with the servants of his Lord. But he did not go down to his house. In the morning it happened that David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by hand of Uriah. And he wrote in the letter saying, Set Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle and retreat from him that he may be struck down and die. I'm going to stop there. I'm going to paraphrase what happened next. Many of you know this story. <clears throat> what happened next was that this letter that the king wrote and placed the seal on was the death sentence for Uriah. He was killed in battle. What followed is obvious. A letter is sent to Bathsheba, and Bathsheba is now going to go into mourning. But after a short amount of time, David sent for Bathsheba, and she became his wife. Guys, there are so many things that we can learn from this story. And actually, I don't really think any of them are good. There are so many times when David could have made a different decision than what he did. But let's start at the very beginning of this story. At the very beginning of this story, the main problem in this story is that David was in the wrong place at the wrong time. He should have been out in the field with his soldiers. Verse 1, it happened in the spring of the year at the time when kings go out to battle. David became lazy. David has already conquered Goliath. David has already become influential and won battle after battle after battle after battle, and he has now become king of Israel. He got lazy. And because he got lazy, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. So one evening, 
<clears throat> he looks out across his patio, and he sees this beautiful woman bathing. And the translation for that is that she does not have any clothes on, and he imagines in his mind that he wants this woman. And needless to say, the king is going to get what the king wants. So he has a decision to make. He finds out who she is. He finds out who she is, and he also finds out that she is married. Once again, he is the king. The king gets what he wants. Bathsheba comes over. She doesn't really want to come over. She would prefer to stay at home, but if the king asks, then the king gets what he wants. Bathsheba's reluctant when she goes in, but he entices her. He feeds her. He gives her wine to drink. He seduces her. She spends the night. She becomes pregnant. King David receives word that she is pregnant. David has another decision to make. He could have made the right decision, or he could have done what he did. He did the wrong thing one more time. So he decides to have Uriah come home, hoping desperately that he's going to go home to his wife. And if that happens and he sleeps with her, everything will be okay. Or so David thought. The next morning, a servant comes in to King David and says, Uriah did not go home last night. David has another decision to make. Now what? I know what I'll do. I'm going to invite David. I'm, I'm going to invite Uriah here to the palace, and I will feed him, and I will give him wine to drink, and I will get him drunk, and then he will go home, and everything will be okay. But Uriah was faithful. Uriah was a good man. Uriah was a very good soldier. He was a leading soldier. He was like a commander. And so he did the right thing, and he did not go home because he felt it wasn't worthy of him to go home when all of his friends and comrades are in the field. The next day, a servant comes to King David and says, Uriah did not go home. Now David has a real decision to make again. And guys, friends, brothers and sisters, listen carefully. When you start doing things wrong and you are found out, Many times you have another decision to make. Will you compound the error and make it even worse? Or will you agree and admit you've made a mistake? Humble yourself. Admit your mistake. What did David do? David compounded his mistake. And now he has committed 
premeditated murder. He sends a note to Joab, the commander of the army, making positive that Uriah is going to die. So King David is not now only responsible for committing adultery. He also is committing first-degree premeditated murder. Needless to say, from this point forward, if you continue reading the rest of 2 Samuel, things do not go well for David from this point forward. His life begins to unravel. One of his sons, Absalom, turns against him. And needless to say, things do not work out for David. Friends, we have decisions to make every day of our life. And I don't know what may be hindering you today. Adultery is one thing. Adultery is when one of the two parties is married. Paul goes on to say that if neither of the people are married, if it's not inside a covenant marriage relationship, you should not have sex either. That is called promiscuity. Guys, he wants people to be married when they have a sexual union. I don't know what it is that may be hindering you today. It can be all kinds of things. It can be drinking too much alcohol. It can be doing drugs. It can be being so absorbed in your job that you don't take time to spend with your wife or your husband or your children. It could be sports. I know lots of guys spend hours and hours and hours watching football on weekends, thinking nothing of it. Many people go out to bars even though they're married. Take a good look at your life. Ask yourself, is there anything in my life that is not pleasing to God? And if there is, consider making a change. I will never close a podcast without giving anyone the opportunity to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. If you've never made that decision, I ask you to repeat this prayer after me. For those of you who know the Lord, please repeat with me as well. Father God, thank you for sending Jesus down to earth. Jesus... Thank you for coming down to earth, setting an example of how I am to live my life. Thank you that even though you were tempted in every way as we are, you chose not to give in to temptation and sin. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on a cross for me. When you did that, you have forgiven me of all my sins past, present, and future. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. I ask you to come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. Friends, if you repeated that prayer today, please send me a quick email, Kelly K-E-L-L-E-Y, 08 
1-800-273-0707 at protonmail.com. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Friends, it's a weekend. I will not see you until Monday. Until then, I ask that you rejoin me for Wisdom Today. Have a good weekend.